Hey, what's up, folks? This is Tony Brewer. You're listening to, or watching as the case may be, Cogitations. Cogitations is the podcast where we think about things, we contemplate them, we turn them over in our minds, and then we discuss them. Daniel chapter 7, verse 28, Daniel writes, Hitherto is the end of the matter. As for me, Daniel, my cogitations much troubled me, my countenance changed in me, but I kept the matter in my heart. Now, we're not going to keep the matter in our heart. We're going to talk about it. And tonight, we're going to talk about, I don't know, running a race, laying aside things that hold you back. Um, basically, there's a proverb. Everybody's familiar with it. Iron sharpens iron. And I had a conversation, a short one today, with one of my friends. And I'm just going to share it with you. Um, I had something prepared to go for tonight, but I really was uplifted and encouraged by this uh, conversation that I had. And I thought, you know what? These thoughts that we shared with one another would make a really good cogitations episode. And since I'm already have recorded a podcast for this morning, um, we're going we're gonna to do that for tonight. And hopefully by the end of the show, uh, I'll be able to come up with a good title. Uh, let me, let me share. Well, first off, let me look at the comment sections. It's, it's good to see everybody. There's like 52 people watching and actually I can tell what they're broken down on, uh, 32 people on digital Bible study, YouTube, and 20 people on digital Bible study, Facebook page. And granted that's, that's not a whole lot of people as far as the world is concerned, but I know what it takes and I know the, the advertising budget that is spent to get a live stream platform with several hundred viewers per episode. And let me tell you something. There are tens of thousands of dollars spent in order to do that. This, this, is, this is amazing. And what you can do for digitalbiblestudy.org is you can be the algorithm. Digitalbiblestudy.org doesn't have to spend money on algorithm on on uh, on advertising in order to get their content promoted by Facebook because what you can do is you can click that little share button on your Facebook page. You can go to YouTube. You can comment. You can give a thumbs up. You can hit the notification bell. You can subscribe. Also, what you can do is you you can take the the YouTube video. And share and hit the share button, copy the link. And I know this is a lot of trouble, but you can paste that link onto your social media. And what YouTube does is they say, wow, people interact with this content so much that they are pressing several buttons, a sequence of several buttons in order to share this content with people that they are friends with. And what that communicates to the platform is we need to look at the people that are interacting with this content and we need to promote this content to their friends and even not just their friends, but people who share similar interests as you. I, I, can't, I can't articulate how valuable you're interacting with this content and sharing this content is. And quite frankly, you do it a lot. And I'm so thankful for that. So it's good to see everybody. Good to see you, uh, Gwen Cooper and Douglas Connerly, um, Stephen the Preacher, that's Stephen Ford, and uh, Missy Malone, good to see you, Dolly Jones, uh, Connie Barden, and um, Katie Smith says the five loaves and two fish weren't either. And that's right, the, the five loaves and two fish wasn't much 
uh, by the world standard either, but uh, look what happened when you added Jesus to the mix. You know what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 5 about a little leaven leaven at the whole lump? You know that works when it's bad and when it's good. You can take an organization and you can put a couple of, well, boy, now I'm really mixing my metaphors. I was going to say you can take an organization and put a couple of bad apples and then that leaven, but that's way too many metaphors. You can take a, <clears throat> you take an organization and have a couple of less than desirable people that kill the mood, and it affects the everybody. Just like in the church, if you if you allow sin in the church and you don't let and you don't discipline it, it goes downhill fast. But the same thing is if you've got a group of people that maybe they're disenfranchised and disheartened, they've lost their way. Uh, maybe their faith is kind of on rocky ground, and you and your family move to that congregation, and you're the rock, you're the one who is positive, you're the one who is, hey, we love everybody, and let's go serve Jesus, let's evangelize, let's support the preacher uh, by encouragement and taking, you know, just letting him know what he does matters. Let's uh, serve the eldership and do what they tell us to do with gladness and make their jobs easier. You will be the one that is responsible for turning that congregation around because a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. And that works either either in a negative way or a positive way. Uh, Henry McClure, good to see you. And the wife and family are doing just fine. Thank you very much for asking. And good to see you, Jewel Pender and Barbara Harris and Christine Woodall uh, recovering from surgery. Well, we hope you're doing well. And uh, yes, it absolutely has been a while, Jewel. Vicky McLean, listen. I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop reading your names because I'm scared I'm gonna miss some. It's kind of like when we sign off. I'm, I'm scared I'm gonna miss names. Now I'm having some technical difficulties with my camera, and I'm using the uh, FaceTime camera on my computer. That's why it looks all janky. <coughs> and you may be thinking, well, Tony, it looked janky before. I can't tell a difference. Well, you may be right. Anyway. Let me share with you this conversation. Here's what I here's what I here's here's what I received today. I'm reading Genesis chapter 30 where Jacob prospers by separating the spotted and the speckled livestock. They breed and they get stronger. I may be overthinking this, but it seems like a type of Christ. Christ separating the sheep and the goats or winning souls. What do you think? And I cannot I cannot adequately convey how much excitement this gives me because I love talking about this. Here's my response. I said, I've thought about this as well. I think what you are hitting on is not so much a type-anti-type relationship, but just an a priori truth that when a herd is culled like a vine or tree being pruned, that the whole is stronger. It absolutely applies to the church on a universal and local level. Also, uh, it happens on a personal level. If I, quote-unquote, pruned some of my body, my body would be stronger. There's an idiom that comes to mind, and that is sometimes you got to trim some fat. Well, I love it. And, and what, actually, the, my, my buddy, he, he, he said I love it. He said, sometimes I fear that I overthink things. And look, I, I'm, I fear that too. That's why I typically, if I'm thinking about something, I'm trying to work something out in my mind, um, I'll call somebody. And if I don't call somebody, 
I'll sit down and I'll do a cogitations episode. The cogitations episode are, you know what? I'm staring into the Mevo camera. I should be staring into that camera. The cogitations episodes are a, a stream of consciousness program that really you're seeing kind of behind the veil. You're seeing how I work stuff out in my own mind. And there are times when I sit down to do a cogitations episode that I have a proposition or a question that needs answered or a problem to work out that I have it set in my mind one way at the beginning of the episode. And the more I talk it through and the more I order those chaotic thoughts in my mind, I change my mind during the course of the episode. In fact, that happened that happened not too long ago, not too many days ago. Um, anyway, I, I go on. I said, it's it's really, surely it's really good to bounce ideas off of someone. And this account, and, and actually, let me just go read it. This is Genesis 30, and let's start in, I'm going to start reading in verse 34. And Laban said, Behold, I would it might be according to thy word. And he removed that day the he-goats that were ring-straight and spotted, and all the she-goats that were speckled and spotted, and every one that, um, well, hold on a second, I can't see, my lighting is not good. And every one that had some white in it and all the brown among the sheep and gave them into the hand of his sons. And he set three days' journey betwixt himself and Jacob. And Jacob fed the rest of, the, of Laban's flocks. And Jacob took him rods of green poplar and of the, of the hazel and chestnut tree and peeled, hold on a second, and peeled white strakes in them and made them white and made the white appear which was in the rods. And he set the rods which he had pitted before the flocks in the gutters and the watering troughs when the flocks came to drink, and they should that they should conceive when they came to drink. And the flocks and the flocks conceived before the rods and brought forth cattle, ring straked, speckled, and spotted. And Jacob did separate the lambs, and he set the the faces of the flocks toward the ring straked and all the brown in the flock of Laban, and he put his own flocks by themselves, and he put them into and put them not unto Laban's cattle. And it came to pass, whensoever the stronger cattle did conceive that Jacob laid the rods before the eyes of the cattle in the gutters that they might conceive among the rods. And when the cattle were feeble, he put them not in, so the feebler were Laban's and the stronger Jacob's. And the man increased exceedingly and had much cattle and maidservants and manservants and camels and donkeys. All right. Sorry, I, I couldn't. I've got I've to get a bigger print Bible or better glasses. Anyway, in my opinion, this is, again, this is an interesting account from the, from the farmer, from, a, from a, uh, the perspective of a farmer. I think what was going on here is simply selective breeding. I'm not sure a miracle was taking place. Also, I came up with some, some theories and, I, and, and ideas I have never heard. Uh, oh, hold on a second. Never mind. I don't want to read that. I was just telling the guy that, that I've come up with some theories and ideas that I've never heard before. And when I do that, I typically try to bounce them off somebody. And usually those theories and ideas that I've never heard of, well, there's a good reason I've never heard of them because they, they didn't stand up to scrutiny. But um, about, the, about the, the, the selective breeding and the text and the not being a miracle in the text, I said, 
don't get me wrong, a miracle could absolutely be happening here in Genesis chapter 30. But I don't think that the text demands it. And, you know, he said he had never heard of culling until that day, until today. And it's very interesting to think about. Let me make an adjustment here. All right. Um, Scott Walsh says, we must groom ourselves for the work in the kingdom. And the more we do, the more we look and act like Christ. That's a good comment, especially with the point that I'm going to be making later on, Scott. Um, So I share with my friend this video that it's a few years old, but it's called Gear Hikers Ditch After 30 Miles on the Appalachian Trail. Now, for those of you that don't know, the Appalachian Trail, if you're a good hiker, you can hike it like in four months. Like it's like it's 120 some odd days of hiking. And that's if you're a good hiker. And there are people that do this. In fact, I kind of had a wild hair a few years ago that I wanted to to train and and walk a long swath of the Appalachian Trail. And while I was doing this, I was researching this and I found this idea that um, everybody starts at the trailhead and there's a mile marker at 30 miles. And what would happen is that was about the time that people who were hiking the Appalachian Trail would start culling the things in their backpack and the the gear that they had decided to carry. And so much so that there is a store, a service that is at the 30-mile mark. And they offer a service that when you get to the 30-mile mark, you can give them the things that you don't want to carry, and they will box them up and send them back home. So you don't have to just leave them out on the trail. But what folks were doing were just leaving stuff out on the trail because it was better to cast them aside than to carry them. Because once you hike 30 miles, you start really understanding what a few pounds of extra weight does to you. And let me tell you something, if you can't take that and preach a sermon or at least do a little short devotional on Wednesday night, you, you, ought, to, you ought to rethink what you've done. And uh, it reminds me of uh, Hebrews chapter 12. Listen to this. This is amazing. Therefore, this is verse 1, therefore, We also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily, but sorry, that's not the, that's the King James, Uh, the new King James, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Um, Do you know? There's a there's a race. I think it's a 21 day race. It's at least it's over 2,000 miles, and it's called the Tour de France. And these bicyclers ride so many miles every day, and these bicycles that they ride, millions of dollars in research and development are spent in designing bicycles that are capable of doing this where you can shave just a few grams off of the weight. We inherently understand 
the necessity for getting rid of things we don't need. We understand inherently the necessity of getting rid of things that would hold us back. That's it, casting aside the burdens. Y'all, I feel like I'm, I'm, I sound like I'm talking with a throat full of gravel. Now, <clears throat> let, me, let me put this verse in its context. The word therefore, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, in Hebrews chapter 11, we call this faith's hall of fame. And every person listed in faith's hall of fame had to travel through this world through great adversity to come out on the other side, having done the will of the Father in heaven. They did not have an easy life. They had to cull certain things from their lives. That's it, Scott. Get rid of everything that can burden us. Now, I love this. I'm going to, um, I, y'all, I read this out loud every chance I get. Verse 32 of Hebrews 11. I'm going to read to the end of the chapter. It's just eight verses. And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to fight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trial of mockings and scourgings, yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were tempted. They were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskin and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains, in dens and caves of the earth. And all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. God having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. Folks, listen to it. You need to remain faithful. If these people did it, you can do it. They are our cloud of witnesses. Seeing as we have this great cloud of witnesses, what's holding you back from remaining faithful? What's holding you back from running with endurance this race of life? Figure it out and cast it aside. You don't need it. There's no straight is the gate, narrow is the way that leads to life eternal. You can't walk through that gate carrying an arm full of baggage. Now, if you want to go down to hell, that way is wide and broad, and you'll have plenty of company. The road to heaven might be lonely, but the destination is better. Now, the beautiful thing is this. We have this great cloud of witnesses. And if that's not enough, if, if looking at those witnesses is not good enough for you, how about Jesus? Listen to it. Verse 2 of 12. 
looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Have you ever despised your life? Have you ever despised the things that's happened to you in your life? Welcome to the club. Jesus himself despised what he was going to have to do in order to fulfill the purpose for which he came. Yet, he still died in faith. You can despise what you have to do, but you can still do it because you know heaven is waiting on the other side. And the only way you can get it done is you got to have a, instead of a gear shakedown, like those people do at the 30-mile mark on the Appalachian Trail, you got to have a life shakedown. Selfishness holds us back. Christianity is a life of servitude, servanthood. That's it. Let's go to the book of John. Man, I love this passage of Scripture right here. John chapter 15, listen to this. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Oh, I love this. We're going to skip to verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Now, check this out. I've never had to be a vine dresser. But I grew up on an apple farm. And every year in the fall, you would prune the trees and you would cut back some of the trees, some of the, some of the limbs off the trees. Because if the branches had too many limbs on it, all of the nutrients would go into growing the leaves and the branches and the, or the, the limbs, and you wouldn't have near the, the fruit yield. Then when the blooms started, excuse me, when the buds came out before it bloomed, you would go and you would thin the buds a little bit. Then once it bloomed, you would go and you would thin some of the blooms. And you're like, Tony, each bud is going to turn into a bloom. Each bloom is going to turn into an apple, and apples are money, right? Right? No, wrong. Good apples are money. Good, apple, good apples are worth something. So what do you do? Well, I would, ha- I would rather have a tree with 500 good, big, bright, shiny red apples than have a tree with 5,000 little bitty old fly speck, sooty blotch, marble-looking apples that, that don't even taste good. What do you do? Why, 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 why does the orchard keeper do all the pruning and do all the thinning? So the, the branch that's, t- that's, that's, that's plugged into the trunk can bear fruit, but can bear good quality fruit. Well, check this out. Jesus is the vine. We're the branches. The husbandman, which is God, prunes us. 
In other words, he gets away, he, he, he cuts away some of the stuff that we don't need because he knows that without the cutting away of some of the stuff we don't need, we won't be able to bear fruit. Now, a lot of people say, well, Tony, the fruit are, are, are Christians. We got to be evangelistic. Not so. In this illustration, the branches are Christians. I'm fully convinced that if you want to know what fruit we are to bear, well, let's go to the book of Galatians. Galatians. Verse 22 of chapter 5. Here's the fruit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. Do you want to bear good fruit for the master's vineyard? Got to trim some fat. You got to have a life shakedown. There are some things you have to lay aside. Well, we could go to verse 19 of chapter 5, but I think I, I rather like what Paul writes in the book of Colossians. Chapter 3, check this out. Here, here's a good list of something that we need to lay aside. What do we need to lay aside? What do we, in order to be the strongest, most fruit-producing Christian that we can possibly be for Jesus, what do we need to get rid of? What do we need to put to death, as it were? And when I say put to death, this is going to be kind of, I'm not trying to be crass or anything. But if I cut off my pinky finger, what's going to happen to my pinky finger? It's going to die. Right now, it's alive. There's life in it. But if I cut it off, it's going to die. You got to get rid of it. You got to prune it. Now, I don't want to prune my finger. I like my finger. But we're not talking about a physical pruning, are we? Jesus in John chapter 15 is not talking about a physical pruning. He's talking about spiritual. Check this out. Colossians chapter 3. If then. You were raised with Christ. Seek those things which are above where Christ setteth at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on the things of the earth, for you died. And your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth. Fornication. Notice, put to death. How do you put to death? How do I put to death my member that is my pinky? You got to cut it off. You got to trim it. You got to prune it. Put to death your members which are on the earth. Fornication, uncleanliness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience in which you walked when you lived in them. So go back to the book of Galatians there. If you walk after the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You will cut these things away. If you cut away these things, what will happen? What will you be able to do? You will be able to run with endurance this race that is set before us. You'll be able to finish the trail, folks. You'll be stronger. You'll produce more, more fruit. 
and you will be able to go on to your heavenly reward. The beautiful thing is, we spend our lifetime at the 30-mile mark. All we got to do to finish the course is not walk for another 120 days. We just have our life shakedown and get rid of all that stuff, and we take that one more giant step forward into eternity. And we're with God the Father and our Savior Jesus Christ in heaven. But if we try to get past that gear shakedown and we, and we try to carry those things with us without casting them aside, instead of one giant step forward into eternity, we're going to be trudging for eternity through the doldrums and tortures of hell. That's it. Sometimes we are, Scott. We are like those people who are hoarders who don't want to let go of the worthless junk. Absolutely. And uh, Christine Woodall is uh, alluding to the verse, Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. We need to, as Scott Wall says, Die to the deeds of the flesh by dying to self and living for him. You know what else comes to mind? There's another list. You know, I'm beginning to think now that I'm doing this podcast, the Apostle Paul may or may not like list. You know which one I'm talking about. Chapter 6, verse 9 of 1 Corinthians. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetousness, or nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Man, that sounds hopeless. How in the world can I get I mean, there's no hope. I've done all of these things. I've been guilty. Well, I mean, I haven't personally done all of them, but I've done some of them. And I hope my admission to that doesn't make you think less of me. But there is hope. There's blessed hope in Christ Jesus. Look at the next verse. And such were some of you. But you were washed. But you were sanctified. But you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. You were circumcised with that circumcision, not with hands. You had a cutting away of a bunch of this junk you don't need. Why, oh, why would you turn around and pick it back up? You've had this stuff cut away. You've been pruned. Now, cast it all aside and run with endurance this race that was set before you, looking toward Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Philippians 4. <laughs> Katie, that's another list that Paul made. Oh, me. That's it, Connie. We all have a past before coming to Christ. And if we didn't, we wouldn't need to come to Christ, would we, sister? 
Ain't that the truth, you know? Uh, a lot of times people ask me about uh, how old does a child have to be for they're able to obey the gospel? And my response is, well, you know what the prerequisite is for baptism. And they say, well, you got to believe. I said, no, that's not the first prerequisite. Oh, excuse me. I say, what is the first prerequisite for baptism? And they say, well, you got to believe. I mean, excuse me, you got to hear. Like, no, 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 it's not here. You have to sin. Think about that. Everybody has a past before they come to Christ. Jesus said, if any man comes to me, let him deny himself daily. Yeah, you got to take up that cross and follow him. You got to die to self and you got you to keep it up. You got to keep it up. I was one way and now I am another. What happened in between is him. That's good stuff. I have not watched The Chosen. I typically don't get into stuff like that, but I've heard some good things about that movie. In fact, I, I never I never did watch um, Mel Gibson's The Passion of the Christ, and I was told that it was amazing, but I don't know why I've never done it. I have no good reason. All right. Uh, Deborah O'Neill says, declutter. And that, um, that, that we're going to end with this thought. I'm going to mispronounce this name. I ought to Google it, but I'm just not going to. It doesn't matter enough. It doesn't matter the name. The, the principle is what matters. Uh, this Marie Kondo or something like that. Basically, she had this idea. <laughs> Everyone saved is saved from something. You got that right. You got that just right. So this idea is, if you want to declutter your home, you um, you you pick something up and you hold it, and if it brings you joy, you keep it. If it does not bring you joy, you get rid of it. I'm like, yeah, that's that's cool. Okay, yeah, I, I can see that. That's fine. Um, the problem is, there's a whole lot of things that I own that I need that bring me no joy whatsoever. So. That might not be the best the best metric by which to decide whether or not to give something away or keep it or sell something or keep it. But I would urge every one of you here and myself to use that principle but change it just a little bit. Think about everything in your life. Meditate on the things that you do, the actions you take, the beliefs that you hold, and even the things that you own, the things that you watch on TV, would it bring or does it bring, according to the scriptures, does it bring God joy? Does Is it pleasing to him? And if it's not, throw it away. Get rid of it. Have a life shakedown, just like the gear shakedown at the 30-mile 30, 30 mark. Yeah, the more time goes on, the more things I give away. I like the space it leaves. That's it. And, you know, time does help us. In fact, I, I don't want to make anybody uncomfortable here, but the the old, like, for instance, from a man's perspective, the older a man gets, the less he has to worry about sexual sin. I'm. I'm just think about that. I'm assuming there's a there there's a converse for women. 
But just as a man, the older you get, the less you have to worry about being tempted with sexual things. When asked what I want for my birthday or Christmas and such, I say, if it needs dusting or feeding, then I don't want it. Oh, you got that. And Jewel Pender says, get it out. Absolutely. So that's the idea. That's the podcast for this evening. I'm going to upload this audio to Cogitation's podcast channel. I hope I've said something today that's encouraged you in some way. I hope I've said something today that's challenged you in some way. And I hope I've been pleasing to God in the way I've said it. I am so thankful that I have access to this platform where I'm able to speak to so many people on a weekly basis. And as I'm, I'm going to echo what I said in the beginning of the program, be sure and interact with um, interact with the, the content. You don't, you don't know how profitable that is and how beneficial that is to the platform. Uh, if you see my cogitation stuff, interact with that. It really helps. So I'm going to sign off. Thank every one of you so much for your content. That's it. Yeah. But it can still vary from person to person. Absolutely. And thank y'all. So I'm, I'm, oh, Y'all, I'm, I'm, I almost got trapped in the reap. Y'all give me so much encouragement at the end of these shows. I, I, I almost feel compelled. Well, I do feel compelled to read every one of the comments. But anyway, just thank you. Just know that I appreciate that. And um, I'm going to sign off. This has been Tony Brewer with Cogitations. Good night, everybody. And we'll catch you on the flip side.